Let us pray. Creator God, you prepare a new way in the wilderness, and your grace waters our desert. Open our hearts to be transformed by the new thing you are doing, that our lives may proclaim the extravagance of your love given to all through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The ghost Scripture lessons from today are found in the Old Testament reading, Isaiah chapter 43, beginning with the 16th verse. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down. They cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things. Or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, so that they might declare my praise. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 12th chapter, verses 1 to 8. Glory to you, O Lord. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with Jesus. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of her perfume, but Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. 
Jesus said, leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Here ends the gospel reading. May be seated. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? That is where I want to center this proclamation today. This beautiful passage from Isaiah that Sharon read for us, from the poet Isaiah, from the poet prophet Isaiah. It's a beautiful passage, isn't it? Beautiful, but also somewhat confusing at the same thing. Do not remember the former things. Imagine what we could talk about if we did remember the former things. The places this church has been and the things this church has been through and seen. Former things, good things, and not so good things. According to Merriam-Webster's online dictionary, former is defined as a branch of knowledge that records and explains past events. Former things. Do not remember the former things. So why shouldn't we spend time talking about the former things? We all know or have heard the old adage, they who forget their history are doomed to repeat it, right? And all you have to do is turn on the news or pick up a news, the newspaper or go on the internet and you will prove the, that old adage over and over again. Racism, sexism, discrimination of all kinds, violence in our cities, war here, war there, war in too many places, violence here, violence there, violence in too many places, the seeming widening of economic inequality between rich and poor, no high-paying jobs, too many student loans, all of those sound like repeats and former things to me that just won't go away. I also say from a theological point of view, we also aren't in the business of forgetting tradition, are we? Take, for example, the German evangelical reform tradition of one side of our shared ministry, the UCC side. It has been both formative and informative for so many, including our Lutheran siblings, thanks to our shared ministry. Standing in that tradition, it becomes somewhat difficult to read the poet-prophet Isaiah, all of this about not remembering when it comes to our traditions here and its history. But let's talk for a minute about a strong insight that comes straight from that German evangelical reform tradition, because it gives us the first insight into these readings from the prophet Isaiah. Ecclesia reformata semper reformanda. The church reformed and always to be reformed or always reforming. It is a motto that reminds us of who, of who we are and who we intend to be. But we're not being faithful to that incredible tradition that's so formative for so many of us gathered here today if we forget the reason we are open to being reformed. You see, as reformed folk, we quickly become particularly aware of our human fallibility and our sinfulness. One of the particular gifts of our Reformed tradition is the scary-sounding notion, the, quote, total depravity, unquote, of human beings. 
John Calvin is the one who said that. Now, I can see the look on some of your faces. Why in the world are we listening to this this guy up here who's talking about total depravity? I mean, I, I guess it's Lent, but, but everything, but come on, it's beautiful spring day. And you're talking about total depravity? In the words of my four-year-old granddaughter, are you kidding me, Grandpa? I will agree with those of you who feel that way. The concept of total depravity is one of the least understood parts of our tradition and one of the least understood understood gifts that we as Reformed Christians have given to the ecumenical community. Are you listening, my Lutheran siblings? Because you see, all total depravity means is that we recognize that there are no aspects of our lives, your life or my life, no aspect of our lives that is unaffected by our estrangement from God. No aspect of our lives that is unaffected by the way we exclude God from the way we live out our lives. Yes, we all do it. We are all, at some time or another, estranged from God. We all have a tendency to exclude God from our everyday life, and sometimes on Sunday too, right? If we come to church at all, it's to just go through the motions. We can all relate. We've all done it at one time or another, including this totally depraved preacher. In other words, even when we try really hard and work really hard, and even when we pray really hard, even then we can be estranged from God. For you see, even our best endeavors and our highest aspirations are prone to sin and error. This openness to constantly being reformed comes because of who God is. The God who we worship and serve. That God who we worship and serve is a living God. For it is very clear to me that God is not bound. God is not bound either to our tradition nor to our particular contemporary context. I really believe that God's revelation is always a gift, never a given. Always a gift, never a given. Well, all of that may be true, but that phrase from the poet prophet is still bugging me. Do not remember the former things. Okay, let's not talk about the former things. But let's jump to that 19th verse where it says, A new thing. You know, the new things God is doing every day and all the time, even when we miss it altogether. But some of you have this loud voice screaming at you right now. He's not talking about change, is he? Hasn't everybody told him? We don't like change, right? Well, maybe this can be best handled by this old joke. Some of you have heard it. I'm um, cleaning it up and saying church people, so I'm not picking on any particular denomination, but all of us together. How many church people... How many church people does it take to change a light bulb? (laughs) The answer? Change! For you see, we know in our bones that there is a fear of change. A fear of change of any kind. A fear of new ways. A fear of new things. A fear of anything new. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard to accept something new. But the gentle change usually has clearly brought about an amazing change and new energy wherever it is found. In other words, an amazing thing, an amazing new thing. Thanks be to God. This is where we find helpful the notion that new things and change 
also require growth. They require growth in order for that new thing, those new things to be realized. For those new things to happen, there needs to be growth in all of us. The great theologian Paul Tillich reminds us that growth always demands sacrifice. Something must be left behind to accept the new. Tillich writes, if the new were part of the old, the prophet would not ask, do you see it? For we already would. We cannot be born anew if the power of the old is not broken within us. Did you get that? We cannot be born anew if the power of the old is not broken within us. Old Testament scholar and my professor Walter Brueggemann writes that biblical faith is geared to the future. It moves always to God's coming miracle miracle that pushes past old treasured miracles and old suffered judgments. In today's passage from Isaiah 43, I not only hear words to live by, but I also want to expand our horizons. We need to know that all we do in faith is so much bigger than anything else we can imagine. God's promise to ancient Israel and God's promise to us is that each day as we travel through this wilderness, we call our lives That we too often in the midst of being in a place of exile, because even in our comfortable and privileged existence, we still often find ourselves in some kind of wilderness at one time or another. It's just true that somewhere, somehow, some way, somewhere, you know and feel oppression and are hurt. And often we all experience some sort of loneliness. It's in the midst of all that. That God is going to do a new thing. God will do a new thing and God will make a way in the wilderness, a new way. And God will give us all that we need. And when God gives us all that we need, we need to give God the praise. Are you with me, church? It's a strange promise that God makes when you think about it all in Isaiah 43. God doesn't promise to subdue the wilderness, only to make a way through it. God doesn't promise to allow you to just ignore the desert or take you out of it or allow you to ride through the desert in a beautiful air-conditioned vehicle. God doesn't promise to tame the wild animals. No, the only promise is twofold. To make a way and find water, that's the first one, so that even the wild animals and the ordinary people will stop and see the new thing and to honor God. It really is a strange promise, isn't it? The promise for us and for all of us is simply that God will do a new thing. No matter how wonderful things seem today, God will do a new thing. No matter how tired we may be tomorrow, God will do a new thing. No matter how mundane the routine becomes, God will do a new thing. Or the sleepless night, God will do a new thing. Or the painful argument, God will do a new thing. (sighs) Don't we feel better now? But listen carefully. Listen very carefully. Be sure to get this part. There is no promise to fix. There is no promise to mend. There is no promise to put more hours in the day. There is only a promise to make a way in the wilderness, a river in the desert, if, if, if we look for it. I'm about to do a new thing, says God. This is a great day. It is the day God has made, and God is about to do a new thing. Can you feel it? 
A new thing here in this place. A new thing in your life. A new thing in my life. A new thing for justice. A new thing for equality. A new thing for immigration. A new thing for children everywhere. A new thing for the hungry everywhere. A new thing for the lost. And a new thing for those who claim not to be lost. A new thing where it seemed the old would always prevail. A new thing where we least expect it. A new thing in the risen and redeeming Jesus. A new creation. So I end this message where I started it this morning. Isaiah 43. This time from Eugene Peterson's translation, the message. I know I talk about the message a lot, but this one is probably one of the best parts of the message that that he ever did. He says, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, river in the badlands. Wild animals will say, thank you, the coyotes and buzzards, because I provided water in the desert, rivers through the sun-baked earth, drinking water for the people I chose, the people I made especially for myself, a people custom-made to praise me. That's you. That's all of you. That's me. That's all of us. Custom made to praise God. Custom made to praise God in all things. Custom made to praise God in all places. Custom made to praise God at all times so that we are ready, so that we are ready for God to do what? A new thing. Custom made. Custom made. Custom made. Amen. receive these words of benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and always and unto ages of ages. Amen. Amen.